to another episode of Talking Terror with TFL. My name is Zion, and I'm the head of communications at TFL. Today, I am joined by these Chad builders. We have Pedro, who is a co-founder and engineer at Pulsar. We have Vlad, who's the apps team lead at TFL. And then we have Mr. Mike, who is the station engineering lead. So there's a ton to talk about today. Um, we're going to be talking about a number of different projects that these guys and some of their teammates are are working on at TFL, uh, including Pulsar Dashboard, Foundation, Station V3, Enterprise, as well as Warp, if we have some time. And as always, if you guys have some questions or there's something that you would like to chat about throughout the space, uh, just, re- just request to speak and I'll add you as a speaker. Um, or you can also reply to the tweet for this space and we'll check it throughout. But we like these to be more um, you know, instead of us just kind of uh, providing, you know, a bunch of different project updates, although absolutely, you know, we can do that and we'll do a ton of that today. Um, we like these, you know, we love when these are community discussions with you guys um, talking about some of the things that interest you as well. So feel free to request to speak at any time. Um, but without further ado, why don't we uh, jump into things starting with uh, Pulsar. Um, so Pedro, um, for those who, who may not be familiar with uh, Pulsar and the Pulsar dashboard, could you explain what that product is and how it works? Yeah, so uh, I think everyone here, at least at one point in time, already went through this issue where you start looking into crypto, you start investing, and very fast very rapidly you enter on a, on a problem if you are a dj and obviously if you are outside the uh, centralized exchange scope that you put money somewhere and then you put money somewhere else and then at some point you start you have you have to do something so you start using an excel a notepad whatever uh you start actually like marking and, and typing out the websites that you you actually put money in so in the future you you don't forget it and you know where your money is on top of that you you actually you get to a point where you are completely lost right you don't know your network you don't know how much uh, uh how are your assets doing and that's what really uh pulsar aims to solve so we are a dashboard um whatever public address you have, we try to support most chains in the ecosystem, whatever ecosystem it is, uh, Sui incoming, by the way. Um, and we, we try to really have the best coverage on all of the crypto space. And yeah, it's it's uh, the goal is really you grab your whatever uh, your wallet is, not your wallet, uh, your public address, you grab it, 
you put it on Pulsar and you just can see your full coverage portfolio, like what's happening, which assets you have, on which protocols are you invested in and so on. Yeah, I, I personally love Pulsar. I mean, the, the nice thing is you can connect, can't you connect multiple wallets at once? So you can see not just the balance of one, but the balance across, you know, all your different wallets on different chains. Yeah, of course, like you, you have the, uh, uh, it, it's very custom in the way that you can build your own portfolio. On top of that, if you want to build portfolios from s somewhere else, from, from uh, someone else or, or some entity, you can also just build that custom portfolio and you can like spy on people if you want, you know, if you know a certain entity has those wallets, you can build that portfolio. You can build your own portfolio, and you know you you can uh, yeah you can pretty much stalk anyone, uh, yeah. So it's very custom in a way that uh, we try to make it the the simplest and easiest UX and UI, uh, and to make really like really at, at it gets to the point where now you just you built your portfolio, just open the website and you see your your portfolio. And what are, does uh, Pulsar support more than just tokens or is it just, just tokens? Yeah, of course. So it's uh, tokens, protocols, and NFTs. Um, regarding the protocols, it's a wide ver uh, variety, right? It's uh, uh, staking, pools, uh, yield farming, uh, land, any type of like, markets uh, or uh, order books uh, uh, perpetual so anything you can think of um yeah nice so what are um what are some of the new features or, or functionality that you guys have been working on for for pulsar recently uh so we we have like kind of we notice uh, for example people have a lot of issues swapping uh, devices and some people like clear ta uh, cash all the time etc so one thing we're building is like a very simple login feature where you're going to be able to log in with any socials you have um and this is kind of just to import and whatever device you want to use sometimes people just uh they want to import the they want to import the website into an app on on the on your phone, right? And it gets really complicated sometimes to just well now I'm gonna I, I have to bring all the information that is on my computer uh, to here and and gets very stressy. So we're gonna build like a very simple login feature where well if you remember uh, uh, where you saved your your portfolios, uh, we're just gonna load it from from the start and you don't have to. To go to go through that pain, um, yeah. So that's like a, a very like simple UX thing we're gonna be working on. Um, we also been working uh, on the backside. Um, this is like for for the people who love uh, uh, perpetual markets and and kind of like to to you know uh, investigate those markets and and even see like gathering for even for analysts uh for people who are really interested on what's going on the market right uh we're building like a traders explorer feature uh which gonna we're gonna have like a close uh close internal launch hopefully this quarter 
so we can test things out. So it's going to be pretty much like analytics on perpetual markets, like who are who are the top traders, who and who has the biggest win rate, uh, how much uh, how how much long is on Ethereum versus shorting. So all those type of analytics, like we're going to build like a, just uh, a page on Pulsar where you're going to be able to visualize that and, and grab those analytics. And on top of that, uh, we're building like also, <laughs> this one is really complex. I mean, yeah, we're, we're building for quite some time. So uh, one thing you can do on Pulsar um, is you can't really you can't really evaluate uh, your PNL on any given asset, right? Um, and you might want to do this for a, 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 all sorts of reasons, right? You you want to see exactly well on the last seven days, everyone everyone's portfolio is going up right now, but like. What's the asset that's giving you the most profits? Well, you don't really know. You have everything gathered on on a simple uh, UI, and it's very very hard to visualize that. Like we give you like a a general time series where you can see your tracking over time, but we don't really specify by uh, which token. So we what is the token that's giving you the most value? Uh, so we're kind of building this on on the backline. So these type of analytics, where you're gonna be able to to track all this 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 type of stuff, and and even have a, like a global view of, well, what were the assets that outside of your scope, outside of your protocol, what what were the assets on crypto that are giving the best results? What are the protocols with the best APYs? Uh, and these are things that we think a portfolio should provide and should have that data to, to show to the users to make like the best decisions. Yeah, that sounds super nice. I mean, it sounds like the, you know, the more features that you guys add, the more time that you know, I and probably many others are going to be spending on, on Pulsar. Yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> at, at the end of the day, you know, uh, we end up being like, a, 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 what are we, right? At Pulsar, we are like a, a data company. We have data. We are serving you that data. Uh, hopefully, making your daily routine of checking your portfolio gains uh, easier every day, and hopefully, uh, as well, allow you to make the the best decisions in the future. Absolutely, yeah. No, that's 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 what I love about Pulsar is like you're giving you're giving you know the users plenty of data basically everything that they need um, as you guys add these new features over time to make informed decisions, you know, in the market, which is, which is super cool. Um, how, so if there's people here that are listening in that may not have used Pulsar before uh, to track their crypto portfolios, whether it be for NFTs, DeFi positions, tokens, uh, where should they go to, to try that out? Yeah, the short and sweet answer is pulsar.finance. That's it. You don't need, you don't really need much, much. You just, yeah, uh, open, uh, enter the app, copy any any public address if you don't want to put yours for whatever reason and you just want to test it out. Just grab any asset on, any any public address on crypto, just input on, on the, on the uh, yeah, uh, just input on Pulsar and test it out. 
give feedback as well if you have any uh, feedback if you uh, have any insights of what could we do better i mean yeah we're all ears there you go well there's a, there's a number of i mean we could talk you know we could talk about pulsar uh, for a while but there's a number of products that uh, that the devs at tfl are building right now so maybe pedro you could talk a little bit about foundation um this is this is one that uh i think was a key part of the acquisition of pulsar you know bringing pulsar data which is a product that you guys were already working on um, before tfl had acquired you guys and merging that with uh foundation which is a product that tf a data infrastructure product that tfl had already been working on um maybe at a high level what problem or problems does uh, foundation solve and who does it aim to solve those problems for? Yeah, uh, very complex. It's a simple question, very complex answer. Uh, for the easiest question, who it aims to serve, I mean, I guess it's, it's really anyone that wants blockchain data. Uh, you can look at from analytics to developers of dApps, like literally anyone wants to dig on data, um, which the blockchain cannot serve it well. Um, yeah, that, that's kind of like <laughs> who it aims to serve. Now, the problem you're really solving, uh, I, I would say mostly is like redundancy, right? Uh, I can give, I can just give like an example on top of my head. So uh, you have all these prot protocols in the crypto space, which they build their smart contract, they build their, their front end. And on top of this, most of the protocols have to build like a specialized backend to do some st sort of calculation uh, to actually serve to their users. Uh, a very simple example is like APYs. So you go into Astroport, you have the APYs of each pool. Now this is being calculated on the backend somewhere. Uh, and Astroport had to build that. Uh, and the, the problem here comes to uh, really like everyone is doing this redundant work. Um, and, and there's a lot of sort of stuff. There's so much things you can do with this. So I can just like giving examples, like you can build, you need to build APYs. If you want analytics for analysts, analysts you, you want top wallets daily by liquidity, like who's doing the most swaps, how much liquidity are, are they actually like swapping around? You need this data, which it's very complex to get. And, and I can just give you some of the examples why this is complex, that you're gonna need a node running that doesn't fall behind on blocks. You're gonna need a backend running and, and you're gonna need to process the, the blocks and index the relevant events. You're also going to need a database to store this data. And then you're also going to need like an API, uh, uh, API to serve that data to the front end somewhere, right? And now you start getting to questions that what happens if the back end, back end goes down? Now, suddenly the front end, you don't see a lot of the values or the front end start, starts like malfunctioning. What if the node goes down? Like the node you're hosting, what if it goes down? What happens? Where is this data? And then is, is your database scalable for the amount of data you're going to be indexing, right? Uh, is your API ready for the significant amount of burst users your DAP could have? 
And we, we all seen these examples, right? You open Adapt, you know it's having a lot of usage. Everyone is like refreshing because it's not working and you keep spamming the API. So, and this is redundant work being done by literally every DAP, like, and it sucks. Um, and yeah, and, and foundation on top of this, what we aim to, to do is giving you the ability to merge your data that you want to index. So I haven't, I'm skipping a step here. So the goal with foundation is really solve this issue, solve this redundancy, right? You don't want dApps and developers being uh, building this redundant work on every dApp that exists on the on the crypto space. Like that's that's madness. So um, yeah, so foundation, it's gonna be. Uh, it's literally going to facilitate all this work, all these problems I just uh, 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 stated. That's what foundation seems, uh, 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 aims to solve. So you're just going to give uh, uh, you're going to give like a simple schema. Hey, I want to index these events, and then I want to run these simple calculations on top of it. Uh, and that's what foundation wants to be to the end user. And you're going to have all the other problems that I just stated, like you're going to have all these problems discarded because we're going to we're going to do one. We're going to be the one solving those problems. Um, so, yeah. So going back to the to the original question, what is the goal of foundation? Well, let, let's just I could answer by saying let's just make every every developer work efficient by removing removing like redundant work and actually be productive on what matters, which is building innovative like blockchains and smart contracts on top of it. Yeah, so it's it's kind of, you know, when Eduardo was explaining this to me, one of the things that he mentioned was how you would basically go from if you're a developer writing like 10,000 lines of code to maybe needing like 100 lines of code to basically support your your application on the data side of things, right? Yeah, the, and not only that, but you, you don't also have to deal with the logistics of uh, DevOps, right? Running nodes, running a backend that is serving and, and doesn't go down. So all those type of issues. So it's it's not only software, it's actually uh, uh, the hardware stuff as well that you have to maintain and you have to, to make sure it works. So uh, yeah, it's absolutely right. I wouldn't say... Uh, it, it, you could go from the most simple examples, you could run it down to like, uh, uh, I don't know, if you have a simple schema and you want to do simple calculations, you could have it down to like 40 lines of code. Uh, it, it depends on how complex is the data you want to serve, but that's that's how much it could reduce uh, uh, the complexity, complexity, complexity of everything. Yeah. So it's it's essentially giving it's it's essentially giving uh, product builders um, not only you know the data they need like historical data you know things like that but also kind of indexing that data for them and you know allowing them to kind of stream that right to their app, uh, which you know saves them a ton of time and a ton of resources, which they can then put towards building better products, right? And one of the cool things um about foundation is uh it fits directly into the way you know the vision that tfl has always had for the future with regards to crypto and that being a multi-chain future 
And Foundation is a critical data infrastructure product that helps enable that future. Um, you know, if we look in Cosmos, we've already seen multiple applications deploy across multiple chains, effectively becoming uh, sort of like multinational companies if we think of blockchains as digital nation states. So this includes projects that, you know, we've been working on like Warp and Enterprise, you know, Warp as an example uh, is live on Neutron, Terra and Injective, um, you know, and Enterprise supports a number of other chains as well. And other applications like Astroport and Mars are taking a cross-chain approach as well. And so if you think about like in a traditional world with countries, you know, a company may start in one country, they build up a user base, and then they expand to another country as well, effectively becoming kind of like a multinational company. And I think even in a world of, of roll-ups or roll-ups, whatever, however you want to think about them, there's still going to be um, a decent portion of the market that wants to, instead of launch their own country, which is a huge undertaking, um, to not only cultivate you know, the culture and the values and everything um, that a country necessitates or a digital nation state necessitates, but also maintain that over time, there's going to be a lot of uh, teams that want to build multinational companies, right? So, or just national companies, right? Applications on a single chain or applications that operate across multiple chains. Um, and foundation will help enable this by acting as a reliable data infrastructure layer for these national and multinational companies alike, saving teams significant amount of time and resources like Pedro was just um, describing in building and maintaining their apps um, and also allowing them to leverage this cross-chain index data to enable cross-chain functionality for their users. And um, so far there's, there's three components of the foundation product. There's like the RPCs side of things, there's the APIs, which I was just briefly describing with like streaming data to index data to applications directly. And then there's like the, um, the SDK side of things. Um, but there's already uh, one application within Terra that's uh, testing the RPC side of things. And that's solid. So if you guys saw on Twitter, we retweeted something, a post they made a while back um, talking about the new feature that they had built on top of foundation RPCs that enables you to essentially um, uh, use wrapped Bitcoin that you have on osmosis um, as collateral on Terra by automatically bringing in, in, in I think in a single transaction, um, bringing that wrapped Bitcoin over to Terra and then providing it as collateral on, on solid so you can mint the solid stablecoin. And this is just like an example use case of like the sort of cross-chain functionality that can exist where Solid isn't an app built on Osmosis, right? It's an app built on Terra, but it can use foundation uh, as a data infrastructure layer to leverage things on other chains and strengthen its offering to its users on the Terra blockchain. And so, um, you know, that that's that's like one of the cool things about foundation being offered to uh, Terra ecosystem developers for free in the future is that they're going to be able to uh, build this cross-chain function cross functionality right into their products. And likely this will lead to Terra attracting more builders because they're going to be saving, in some cases, like over a million dollars a year um, and you know tons of developer hours not needing to um, build and maintain this sort of data infrastructure on their own. Um, so in Q2, uh, the plan is for TFL to open up foundation beta testing for 
a certain number of uh, Terra ecosystem teams, which is still yet to be decided, um, offering them free access to foundation LCDs and also the index data APIs. And so as we get closer to that launch date, uh, we'll publish a sign-up link or a page that teams can use to register their interest in becoming a foundation beta tester. Um, and then obviously following that, then foundation will be rolled out as a paid product to other ecosystems within Cosmos so they can utilize it as well. Um, so that's that's kind of foundation in a nutshell. Um, and I think Pedro described it really well in, in his explanation. Was there anything you wanted to, to add, Pedro, on the foundation side of things before we talk a little bit about station V3, which is uh, something that people in the ecosystem are also really excited about? You're on mute, Pedro, if you're trying to speak. I know you dropped off before. There might be an, oh, he dropped off again. There might be an issue with, sometimes there's an issue with like Twitter X with speakers. I don't know why it, it does that, but um, if he joins back, we can have him jump back in and make some final comments on foundation. But for now, why don't we, uh, Mike, jump over to um, to you, talk, talk a little bit about uh, Station V3. So um, this is obviously something, you know, so Station V3 extension is already live. We've talked about that in some of the past spaces. Um, so people can check that out. Um, just go to at Station Wallet. Um, on Twitter X, and then you can find some uh, helpful resources to get started with station extension. Oh, Pedro, you're back. Yeah, sorry, I was like trying to use the phone, so I should be my voice voice should be different. And for some reason, the phone is giving so much issues. Uh, but yeah, what uh, could you repeat the question? Because I couldn't hear it. Oh yeah, yeah, no, you're good. I was just asking you if there was anything like any any last uh, comments you wanted to make on the foundation side of things before we jump over to station. Um, I don't. Uh, yeah, I don't think so. I think hearing you speak on a high level, uh, I, I for 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 a while I thought, well, maybe maybe he knows more than me because like uh, he seems to know what he's talking about. And I was like, wow, I like this. Uh, like hearing this guy speaking. Um, but now that I, I think I covered pretty much it. So uh, we are on this quarter uh, finishing foundation of the foundation, if you get what I mean. So kind of like the base layer of the code to make all this work. And then hopefully, as you said, like quarter two, we plan to have like a closed beta um, where, yeah, we're going to invite like specific people that apply and hopefully like have some internal testing and, and see how things go along. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the only reason I understand foundation is actually because of Eduardo. So you can thank him for uh, for the for the explanation there. Um, okay, so on the station V3 side of things, Mike, um, so station V3 extensions already live. People can use that and take advantage of some of the new features there like cross-chain staking, uh, gas fee token top-ups, and uh, the advanced cross-chain activity history uh, tab as well. Um, could you give us an update on, so obviously part of station B3 rollout is, is dashboard as well as uh, iOS and Android mobile apps. Um, could you give, give the, uh, the lunatics here an update on station B3 development? Yeah, sure. Uh, <clears throat> thank you very much. Uh, yeah, so as you mentioned, uh, we've rolled out uh, the extension last month. And so very soon we're going to be rolling out the dashboard. 
It's actually currently in internal beta. So principal development has basically been done on what we're going to be releasing. Uh, the TFL team is currently kind of beating it from every angle that they can to try to find, uh, you know, ways that we can optimize it before we open it to the outside world. Uh, fortunately, there wasn't a whole heck of a lot there. So um, I would say that it's uh, relatively imminent, the release. Let's go. And could you talk a little bit about um, what are some of the new features Station Dashboard's going to have, or how to, how is it going to differ from what we have now if you go to Station.Money? Sure. Um, well, so uh, I'd say the first and foremost, the, uh, what users are going to see is there's this, a major facelift. Um, on the design side of things, uh, you know, a lot of the things on Station, you know, they were very kind of locked in the previous uh, you know, Terra look and feel and uh, very much that, you know, uh, you know, call for, call for, call five look and feel, um, which, well, nostalgic to a lot of lunatics, uh, you know, they kind of want to move forward. So the first, first and foremost is a really solid UX, really solid design. Uh, the designers on the team are just like, like absolutely incredible. Um, and so that's, that's the first thing right off the bat, everything is going to be a lot easier to access and a lot easier to use uh, from the, uh, features that folks are used to, whether it's, uh, you know, the, the staking or the, the governance flows, all of those have been simplified to make it a lot easier to see uh, what you have, where you have it, and, uh, and kind of uh, engage in uh, governance and um, uh, all the things that you're used to. But then <laughs> on top of that, uh, you know, a lot of the beloved features that are currently in station extension are going to be on station dashboard. Uh, this includes uh, the swaps. Uh, as you mentioned, um, so Dashboard has swaps now, but now interchain swaps uh, using a multitude of uh, providers, including uh, uh, Skip, TFM, and other providers, kind of all aggregated into one easier-to-use swap interface that is very, very familiar to the uh, extension uh, the, um, swap interface. Um, and then, as you mentioned, the aggregated chain activity, which again, uh, you know, fortunately, you know, I feel like TFL is kind of at the forefront of that right now, where instead of having to go to several different block explorers, you can go to your activity tab and for the wallet that's connected, you can see your activity across all of the chains that dashboard supports. Um, and so you're going to see it all there in order of when the transactions were. You can scroll down. There, of course, will be links out so that you can get to a chain native explorer to see really in-depth details about the activity. But if you just want to see, you know, the overhead view, uh, that activity list there, very similar to, again, the uh, extension. Um, and then, yeah, so uh, cross-chain swaps, uh, cross-chain activity, and uh, let's see. Uh, and then also, you know, for the developers out there, there is a developer mode in which you can do contract interactions. Uh, so while there are services out there, I, you know, uh, back in the day, we all used to use uh, Terrascope uh, like crazy. Uh, that is still usable on, on Terra and Osmosis, but there is definitely a missing, uh, a lack of just an interface for developers to quickly be able to interact with contracts, whether it's instantiating a contract, uploading a code ID, or just a really quick contract interaction. That's something Station is also going to have for all of the stations that, uh, sorry, uh, for all of the networks uh, that support Cosmosm and that are on Station, you can use that contract interface to uh, uh, use uh, your contracts. Nice. Nice. And are there, so those are some of the things that are going to be available at launch, correct? Uh, that's correct. Yep. 
Are there any features that uh, the team plans to add to dashboard like soon after launch or like in the you know couple months following launch? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the at, at launch, you're, there is a portfolio tab that has kind of an overhead view of your assets, very similar to what's an extension now. You'll also be able to see your staking positions and validators. But what we're also going to be adding to the to the portfolio page soon after launch is we're going to be integrating with Pedro and our friends over on the Pulsar side to bring in the uh, Pulsar data into the dashboard. So a lot of the same things, whether it's a time series of your PNL, your staking positions, uh, even tokens and NFTs, a lot of the data that you see in Pulsar is going to be integrated into the uh, station uh, front end. Um, I think maybe some other features that have been a little bit teased out, but we don't have the clearance yet to give out fully. Uh, we have some unified uh, identity management features that are kind of built in. Um, and, you know, more details about that will be kind of coming up in the coming months. I think maybe some screenshots from our design team have leaked out there. But uh, this is really cool ways to kind of bring together uh, some of the concepts we've kind of seen in the past, you know, degen score type things where as you build your identity throughout the Cosmos ecosystem, uh, you kind of want to aggregate that and have a single place to kind of show a lot of that off. And uh, we're going to be building that into the uh, dashboard. Um, another thing that we're going to be releasing not far after launch, don't know exactly when we're going to release it yet, is both related to extension and dashboard, uh, where the SDKs and packages that we use to develop both extension and dashboard are going to be released uh, to the public. So this includes both a component library. So every kind of component that is in extension or on dashboard um, has built been built into a very carefully curated uh, component library that developers would be able to install and use themselves on their own sites to get, you know, look and feel and components that uh, that we develop and use ourselves. But then alongside of that, we're also going to have a kind of a hooks library that helps the drive the business logic uh, that's behind the way things work in extension and dashboard. So the we're going to try to kind of continue the um, <laughs> excuse me the tradition, I guess, of TFL of empowering builders on not just Terra but networks across Cosmos to be able to build their own apps with the same tools we use in house. That's awesome. Um, well, one of the things I see people asking about uh, pretty consistently is about uh, Station Mobile. And we actually had a question about this in the replies to this tweet. Um, so could you talk a little bit about uh, Station Mobile and how it's going to differ, which it, based on what I've been hearing internally is gonna be, it's gonna be pretty different than uh, the Station Mobile app that people see and use today, correct? Sure, yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, I definitely get that question a lot when mobile. Um, so. Yeah, so the, what mobile is going to have first and foremost to differentiate itself from the existing mobile app, the existing mobile app uh, did not get that V2 uh, interchain uh, treatment that the extension and dashboard got. So right now, the mobile app is still very uh, Terra-centric. It only works on the Phoenix or uh, Columbus 5 networks or the associated test nets. Uh, the new mobile app will be fully interchain, uh, fully cross-chain, uh, and it'll have a very similar look and feel to the extension. Uh, but what even differs it from the extension as well as uh, the current mobile app is it's going to be basically the dashboard app and the extension built into one mobile experience. So everything from the staking to governance uh, to uh, 
probably wouldn't want to do a whole lot of contract interaction on the mobile device, but everything basically that I had described as the features that we're going to have in dashboard will be in mobile as well as extension. And so that's one of the reasons why that kind of had to go last is because we needed the extension out. Uh, that's your wallet. You can use it to sign transactions across dApps, manage your tokens, swap tokens. Then you have your dashboard where you kind of go and you get your overhead view of your staking positions. You can uh, interact with governance. You can get your portfolio. We're taking both of those products and then kind of combining them into one mobile experience so that everything that you can do in your browser when it comes to the station experience can now happen on your mobile device. That's what people want to hear, Mike. You're giving the people what they want. We have to ship it first, but we're well on our way. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. No, I'm excited for it. I'm excited for it personally, honestly, to use to, to use Station V3 on, on both the dashboard. And uh, I find myself using uh, Station Dashboard pretty consistently, actually. So um, yeah, that's going to be really nice. And I think also one of the features that uh, is going to be built in is one-click alliance staking onto Station Dashboard as well, right? That's on the roadmap soon? Uh, that's correct. Yeah, definitely simplifying uh, the entire alliance experience, whether it's understanding where to get the alliance assets, how to get them on chain, and then on where, where you want them to be, how to get them onto the appropriate alliance chain. That's definitely one of those workflows that we've put a lot of work into uh, to improve for the users. And then as you mentioned, like not only just one click uh, staking, but even uh, kind of leveraging the swap and kind of like the abstraction concepts we have on other chains, uh, on other products in the extension, uh, we want people to be able to kind of basically transmute one uh, one asset directly into uh, an alliance asset and then stake it. And as you mentioned, try to get that all into one click and get that flow as uh, concise as possible for users. Yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be huge as Alliance continues to grow in popularity, and you're you're already seeing a number of Alliance assets get you know added uh, pretty consistently. I mean, Megalu just recently added a couple LP tokens as well as Wrapped Bitcoin, Terra just added um, Amp Roar as well as Ally for so that Alliance DAO NFT holders uh, accrue Luna rewards through that Alliance asset, and then the proposal. By the way, just to provide a quick update on the um the proposal that i posted on agora uh i think last week um that proposal uh we've just been discussing internally based on community feedback um adjustments that we want to make to that so that we can revise the proposal post a new one on agora and then ultimately put it up to vote but that one's looking to and you can check it out definitely go to agora um read through the proposal post some comments um we'll try and you know take all that into consideration um you know not all community feed, you know, like not all feedback you get on a proposal makes it into the final version, but um, you know, that's something that we're we're taking into consideration. But that proposal is looking to whitelist uh USDC, USDT LP tokens as well as um Adam Luna LP tokens as alliance assets on Terra. And so um and I also saw I think um Solid posted a proposal on Agora to whitelist uh a solid USDC pool as an alliance asset as well. Um, so that's up for discussion. If people want to uh, take a look on, I'm sorry, I keep calling it Agora, but I think that's what it used to be called. I think it's called Commonwealth now. Um, but there's actually, if you guys want to follow the latest updates on 
Terra governance as well. There's actually a, a bot um, that we built that automatically posts on uh, Twitter and Telegram. Um, I think it's called Terra Governance Alerts on Twitter X, and it automatically posts when there's a new proposal up on Agora as well as up for vote. And also like when voting has ended for a proposal or when you're 48 hours away from voting ending. So it's a it's a nice tool um, to use to just stay on top of the latest governance happenings in Terra. So you, you know if you prefer Telegram for your alerts, you can just go go find it on Twitter and then uh, you can just use the link there to uh, follow it on Telegram or you can just set notifications on it for Twitter X. Um, okay, cool. Mike, anything else on station V3? Otherwise, uh, I think we can jump over to Vlad to talk about uh, enterprise and warp. No, that's all I have for now. Thank you very much. You're welcome, sir. You're very welcome. <laughs> um, <laughs> Vlad, uh, do you want to give a brief overview? I'm sure I think a lot of the people here, I see a ton of familiar faces, but um, for those who might not know what enterprise is, do you want to give a brief overview of, of what enterprise is and then maybe talk a little bit about how development is coming along there? Yeah, so enterprise is um, is a DAO tooling suite, first and foremost. Um, and it's built to allow DAOs to spin up. Um, it allows existing DAOs or existing, you know, token projects and NFT projects to create a DAO. Um, and then it also allows people to manage, you know, large pools of assets and, um, you know, coordinated tasks among their DAO users very effectively, um, efficiently, and most of all, simply. And so the biggest goal with enterprise is to be the simplest spot um, for users to go discover DAOs, use DAOs and, you know, perform actions with DAOs, whatever that may be. Um, and so a lot of work is being done, especially on the simplicity portion. I'm a UX maxi over anything. Um, and I think, you know, with the advent um, of, you know, the narrative that's popping up right now where we're going to have, you know, hundreds of chains, AVAX just recently, recently released how they expect, you know, thousands of sub chains, right? How do we connect all of these um, under single dApps um, and make them super simple to use? Like, how do we abstract away thousands of chains under one umbrella? Um, and so when it comes to DAOs, that's exactly what Enterprise is doing. And that's exactly where we're headed um, with the DAO tooling suite. Yeah, I think that's 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 a good overview of, of what Enterprise is. And um, if people want to check it out as well, uh, you can either follow at enterprise underscore DAO on Twitter X uh, for the latest updates, which come pretty consistently. The team is, Vlad, Vlad's going to talk about that in a minute with how development's coming along, but shipping on a pretty regular cadence nowadays in ship season here. So um, definitely give them a follow to stay up to date with the latest. If you're into NFTs as well, there's a ton of uh, thriving NFT projects and that number is growing on enterprise pretty uh, pretty regularly now. Um, you have the most recent one added being uh, Galactic Mining and that collection. You have Galactic Punks on there. You have um, Skeleton Punks. You know, you have the Pixel Lions. 
Um, and yeah, as enterprise actually, well, we, let, before I get ahead of myself here, Vlad, do you want to talk about uh, uh, how enterprise development is coming along? Yeah, yeah. So um, doing really well. We're very efficient. Um, we're lean and mean, as they say it. Um, so, you know, our process is, is, is very, very efficient. We basically um, talk to the community, um, you know, through spaces like this or through Telegram chats or through, you know, the, um, the feedback portal that we have, um, feedback.enterprise.money. Um, we take, you know, the most popular ideas, the most interesting and um, compelling ideas from there. Um, I would go and then, you know, take it straight to the designer. Uh, we'd brainstorm like the best way to put that in. Um, for instance, one thing that we're, we're um, working on is kind of showing, um, you know, all of my DAOs. Like if I'm staked to, you know, multiple DAOs and I have multiple rewards, like how can I view all of those under one dashboard? You know, because sometimes obviously you can put DAOs into your favorites, um, but, you know, if you kind of clear your cache or you use another browser, well, it's going to be very difficult to get those DAOs back. Sometimes you forget. Sometimes, you know, DAOs are inactive um, and whatnot. And so we take a feature like this that has been requested maybe, you know, one, two, three, or several times, uh, take it straight to the designer, get that designed, um, iterate with him a little bit until we find, like, something that we're both happy with that makes sense and that um, most of all is intuitive. Um, and then we kind of try to figure out with the team, like, how do we engineer this in a good way? Um, and so I'll, I'll continue with this example of, uh, you know, the my DAOs page. Um, it may seem like a simple thing to do, um, but, you know, as DAOs scale up, right, you kind of have to, th there's, there's not really a query on the contract that says, okay, get all the DAOs that I'm a part of. Uh, the way you would do this in engineering is you would go through every single DAO, um, you would check the stakers, and you would check if your address is part of them. And so you can imagine like, okay, right now we have about 350 or more DAOs. Going through every single one of those and checking means you have to query the LCDs 350 times. Imagine if we scale up to thousands or tens of thousands of DAOs in the future. This is like, wildly inefficient and so we kind of develop a strategy for engineering like how does it make sense for us to build this um in a way where um not only do you not query but it's quick right like can we query this one time get all the DAOs that you're part of um and then display that all in one call um so once we figure out how to do that um and the answer here is actually indexers uh so you just have one running and and it kind of uh, checks, you know, what actions have occurred. And then you kind of add that into a database, see all the users and, and map them. Um, but anyways, once we figure that out, um, we kind of label that up into tasks, um, you know, separated amongst the engineers, um, whether there's contract work that needs to be done back end or front end, um, that gets developed over the course of like, uh, you know, a sprint or two. And then once that's ready, we have this internal review. Um, and then we kind of just like try and break the feature, uh, the best we can. We have, you know, a really talented, um, QA developer that works on our team. Uh, his name is Dimitri. Um, essentially what he tries to do is use, use our features in the dumbest, most obnoxious manner, um, that you typically would not use the feature in, um, to try and break it. 
and if he breaks it, that's good because we caught something before you know it ends up in production. If he doesn't break it, that's even better. That means we coded it right, um, you know, the first time around, or you know, at least we hope so. Um, and after we've battle tested that, um, that essentially goes out. And so um, at the moment, you know, we we kind of like stockpile features. Um, while they're in the testing phase, we make sure we test them. And then what we release is kind of like stuff that we started working on a while ago. And it's just like gotten battle tested enough to like finally get released. And so like this way, we constantly have, you know, things in the pipeline um, and, you know, things coming out, you know, every two weeks or, you know, we try to get it either every week or every two weeks, we have at least something coming out. Um, and then that way it lets us be, you know, mega efficient, um, and everybody's happy, you know, we're happy because we get to release features and, you know, see how you guys react. Um, you guys are excited because, you know, it's new things to play around with and, um, you know, it's a super effective process and we're having a lot of fun doing it. Yeah. And there's been, I, I mean, there's a ton of new features coming to enterprise all the time. Um, and if you guys want to check out some of the DAOs and just browse some of the DAOs that are already live on enterprise, you can go to dao.enterprise.money and you can see all the different uh, DAOs that are built on enterprise. Um, there's new ones being added all the time. Um, and uh, Vlad, maybe you want to talk a little bit about uh, some of the features or things that uh, you're most excited about when it comes to enterprise for the next uh, month or a couple months? Yeah, so um, we've talked about like the NFT staking functionality. Um, essentially what we have for tokens right now where you can, um, if you have it on a different chain um, and you still wanna stake it to your DAO, you can do that using one transaction. You can unstake your tokens if they belong to another chain or if they're like a, an IBC DNOM, you can send them off to another chain. Um, we can do that with like a bunch of other functions like depositing, um, and, and distributing rewards and stuff like that. Um, so we're doing that for NFTs. Uh, Arc protocol has been working very hard on getting NFT, uh, functionalities cross chain. Um, and so we've been working closely with them. We're kind of in the middle of integrating that right now. Um, and you know, we're sending them our experience, like how. Uh, how we like it, you know, what things we would like improved. They iterate on that. And then, um, you know, the more we do that, the closer we get to a product that we're happy about. And so I'd say that's coming out like fairly soon. Um, we're just kind of cleaning up and and making sure that everything works uh, and works flawlessly. Um, so that I'm very excited about, but that I've talked about like a bunch of times. Um, what I'm What I'm really excited about is you know the improvement on um on proposals and so previously we've talked about um uh we've we, we've talked about the proposal builder which will allow you to like mix and match multiple proposal actions right now um that you could do just like add as many of them as you want under one proposal so if you want to do a bunch of things you don't have to have a bunch of different proposals up for vote it could all just be under one um, and you can build that however you want. We call that the proposal builder. Um, and then another way of making proposals easier would be uh, integrating with station. And so that's like a huge one that I've wanted to do for a really long time is like, how do we make 
DAOs uh, function like wallets would. So if you were to go on like Osmosis and you want to make a trade, uh, well, how do you do that just by clicking buttons instead of having to write the code to, uh, uh, to execute those transactions? Because the more you code, uh, the worse your product is, I think, functionally for regular users. Um, like nobody really has time for that. Even developers, it's like it takes so much time um, to write this like mundane code. And so we kind of want to get rid of that um, and cover all the bases. And I think integrating with Station is, is the best way of doing that uh, because then you don't have to worry about code at all. Um, and then so another thing that I'm very excited about that we just started discussing with the community um, kind of seriously recently would be the idea of uh, like councils that have their own uh, assets, kind of like subdows with DowDow. Um, I think the use for this is that like, if you want to do things quickly, sometimes, you know, full DAO governance is not the best way to go about it um, because, you know, you're you're kind of sacrificing agility, um, I would say, for you know the entire voting process. And sometimes, you know, Pixel Lines just had an issue where there's like a three day mint for an NFT, but um, their their voting period is longer than that, so they actually can't participate in the mint unless they send their assets off um, into another wallet. Uh, people call them hot wallets or operational wallets. Um, you know, our goal with enterprise is to kind of keep you on the platform. Like you shouldn't have to leave and like send your assets off to a wallet uh, just to be able to use things that you want to use, um, like putting in LPs or, you know, minting. You should just be able to use that. And so the idea is that if DAOs are trusting, you know, single wallets to do these things for them right now, then obviously they'll trust, you know, a mechanic within the DAO itself, like a multi-sig or like even a single person. Um, and so we kind of want to enable maybe like subdial-like functionality with councils where um, you can have multiple subgroups within your DAO that, that perhaps have assets allocated to them that can do different things quickly. Um, and, you know, it'd be up to the DAO to decide, do you want this uh, or not? And right now we're kind of seeing that, yes, this is a need. And, you know, it makes me excited because this is like the clearest uh, feature that we've probably developed in a really long time. Like people are already using this and we've kind of had to identify that, okay, this is actually a mechanic that's needed in, um, in enterprise DAO. Um, and so, yeah, hopefully, hopefully we can see that out soon. Yeah, that's really exciting. And, uh, the community is just basically funneling new, new ideas for things that they'd like to see into enterprise, uh, to us basically every day, sometimes on the hour, um, which I know the team really appreciates. You know, when you're in that situation where you've built something, you've released it, and you're getting so much feedback on what people would like to see, um, it's kind of like you know you you you've built something that uh, has real value for people, and so it's great to see the amount of feedback that enterprise has been getting from the community. Um, if you guys want, you know, if there's anyone listening in that wants to. Um, provide some feedback on enterprise, whether it be a new feature you'd like to see or, uh, you know, a bug that you've experienced or something when you've been interacting with the DAO on enterprise. Um, we just launched a new feedback platform for enterprise that you can submit new feature requests on. 
uh, at feedback.enterprise.money. So if you head there, uh, you know, you can, you can also find it on the website. So if you go to enterprise.money up in the header, if you click on feedback, it'll also take you uh, to that platform and you guys can leave feedback on, uh, you know, new feature requests or bug reports as well. You'll see on the right side, you have two different boards. You have the feature requests and you have the bug reports. So you can just click on uh, the plus sign next to whichever one of those you want to add. Um, yeah, Zion, can I add one more yes. thing? Um, something I forgot about, but uh, there was a comment here. It says, what about rewarding users that use enterprise the, the most, for example, uh, voting and staking? Um, so we're actually developing a mechanic as we speak that um, allows DAOs to select the type of reward distribution that you could do. Um, and so right now, um, what we allow is this proportionate distribution amongst users, um, whether they're active or not. Um, what we're working on right now is allowing DAOs to reward their users based on how many proposals they've voted on in like, you know, the past N proposals. And N is determined by the DAO. DAO can set that to be uh, whatever they want. Um, if you have 100 proposals, it could be the, the last 100 proposals. Um, typically, I'd recommend like a smaller number, like 5 to 10, because then you get like your actual, um, you know, most active users. Um, and what happens here is if you voted, right, we have this algorithm that calculates uh, the voting weight that you've had for each one of those proposals. And then we kind of tally that up, uh, compare it to all the other voting weights. And then that's the proportion of assets that you would get during that distribution. Um, so if N here equals five, right? So if they selected the last five proposals count uh, and you haven't voted on any of those five, then, well, you got to get more active because you're not going to get a reward. And so this is going to, you know, disincentivize voter apathy and incentivize participation because if you want those rewards and you know galactic mining dow and and um galactic mining club pardon me uh you know pixel lines line dow like they have some pretty sweet rewards um but they also you know don't want you to be a leech so you got to be participating uh in order if you want to have those rewards and so I'm really excited to see, you know, more participation as well. Yeah, I'm excited to see that rollout as well. And uh, I see we have uh, a bunch of people here from both of those DAOs actually, um, which is pretty hyped to see. And uh, great to see you guys <laughs> on Enterprise and giving, I know Ryan gives uh, Enterprise feedback or reports bugs uh, almost every every day it seems like <laughs> when i'm yeah. going to telegram oh oh and not to forget backbone labs with skeleton punks they're in here as well put some respect see those guys uh put some respect yeah on. respect to them <laughs> um all right cool so we're at uh we're at the hour here um but let's give a couple minutes um just in case uh people have any questions uh feel free to request to speak um we can take maybe a couple questions Otherwise, uh, we will close the space off and we will see you guys in a couple of weeks when we do the next one. Also, check the replies. Unfortunately, I do have to hop off at the hour, uh, but thank you so much, guys, for listening in. It's always a pleasure to come up here and thank you, Zion, for hosting. Appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. All right. Let's bring Joey up here.
Hey, Joey, can you hear us? Joey Tallbull, you're on mute if you're trying to talk. You might have an issue with the mic. Who knows? Hello? Hello? Hey, Joey. Oh, hey, what's going on? Um, my question was actually for the gentleman that just left, but maybe you can answer it. Are there any more uh, proposed or, I guess, uh, talked about integrations uh, with TFL with other more prominent DEXs within the ecosystem? Um, I know that for a time, TFL is basically kind of the backbone for Osmosis DEX. Are there other integrations out there that have been talked about? When you say integrations, do you mean like interstation? Yes, yes. Like, um, like going in, in and out. When you like, it is all functionality. Yeah, Mike, do you want to take that one? Uh, yeah, sure. So uh, the primary engine right now in the swaps right now is uh, the Skip API, and so uh, Skip has a variety of venues. Um, hey Pedro, 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 can you mute yourself? Yes. Oh yes, of course. Okay, cool. I'm um, sorry about that. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so uh, the the Skip API right now is the the primary engine behind the swaps, but we also have uh, uh, TFM. Uh, we're going to be re-adding very soon, um, as well as Squid Router. Um, and so, what those allow you to do, uh, like with Skip alone, they have a variety of venues. So they use uh, Astroport on Terra, they use Osmosis, they use, uh, I believe they're adding Astroport on Neutron as well. So um, the idea is that through each router, uh, we have multiple swap venues that are underlying. Um, and so what will happen is as we become an aggregator aggregate, um, what will end up happening is the best economic outcome. Uh, so the swap that has the best route, which means the least amount of hops, the least amount of fees paid, and the highest yield at the end. The uh, for for your swap is what will get chosen. So the more venues we can add, the better. And so we'll be using these uh, kind of aggregates and swap engines under the hood, so that uh, as they onboard new uh, swap venues, then we'll have immediate access to them. No, that is that is awesome. That's exactly the answer. <laughs> That's exactly the answer that I needed. Um, just a follow up question would basically be that we should look at squid router as the current generation of integration that we're seeing across all swap functions dealing with dexes being able to bridge in bridge out except just basically squid router is the most current version of everything if i'm understanding it correctly yeah, and, and that that's kind of like uh, the, the end game and the kind of final boss of, of our kind of vision with Station is that uh, some of the most recent props that have been passed on Terra to allow us to use stables uh, for the uh, fee mechanism will then allow us to pair with on-ramp solutions like Cato so that folks can on-ramp directly into Station and then use those multitude of swap routers, whether it's Squid Router, or, or, or skip or whoever. Um, and as we add eventually potentially EVM support and other support uh, to station, you can onboard directly onto Terra through Cato. And then from there, use those stables that you on-ramp with to get assets across the entire crypto space, not just Cosmos. That is awesome. Thank you so much for answering that. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for the questions, Joey.
Um, okay, cool. Well, why don't we uh, why don't we end it there, and then uh, we're a few minutes over here, so we will we'll close it out, and then uh, we'll be back in two weeks uh, per usual to do another episode of Talking Terra. Um, any closing thoughts, uh, Pedro? Yeah, I wanted to say I don't know if you guys noticed Vlad talking. He was speaking about building an indexer uh, to 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 actually solve a feature that is required on enterprise that's one of the main reasons why we're building foundation in the first place so even on a company level you see this inefficiency because well uh, uh it's a product that is really needed and and yeah we need to tackle it and solve it and it doesn't make sense to to for the ecosystem to grow this way where everyone is doing like redundant work um yeah and and on on another note i was thinking as well while listening to this call um just for for protocol level right you have enterprise which solves your governance and and dao features that you need so you don't need your particular to have like a particular team to build it you have a uh, warp which wasn't really talked here because we didn't have time which is pretty much automation on chain which solves like the need of backend to actually automate things like uh, uh, liquidations, etc. And then you're going to have foundation as well, uh, which is the product that serves the data to, to actually like remove the redundant work as well on on the backend side to serve data. So you're going to have a really good layer to to pretty much build and adapt and. and really focus on on the smart contract level and then you just have to also build a front end to 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 have a ui to communicate with but that's that's like the scope of what dApps should be doing not all this redundant work that is being done everywhere and on every ecosystem amen amen brother <laughs> um mike any closing thoughts from you as well uh yeah just uh i want to just thank uh the community the lunatics for being here uh and coming out and still supporting us you know uh there's a gigantic elephant in the room without going too far much further into it uh you know uh serving the lunatics is what motivates me and motivates a lot of my teammates uh we just want to keep continue pushing you know the vision forward of decentralization and and DeFi and uh you know getting these tools into everybody's hands and just furthering you know the vision dough and the original team started with and you know make something so that you know at the end of the day when all the dust settles uh even the lunatic ogs uh you know continue to build something that they would be proud of uh and so again just thank you all for joining us and uh, thank you for continuing to support us absolutely yeah thank you to everyone who dropped by today to listen in and ask questions as well as those who are also listening back on the recording of this space from our friends over at Terra Spaces. Uh, if you guys don't already, you can follow them on Twitter X and then uh, you can also find them on popular podcasting platforms. So you can listen back to any of the spaces, any of the Terra Spaces that they record uh, right from, you know, if you use Apple Podcasts, you use Spotify or what have you, you can, you know, pause, rewind, et cetera. I find it super helpful. Um, so you don't have to use like the Twitter X, like play it directly on the app feature, which I don't think is really that great. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Thanks everybody for coming and we'll see you guys all next time. Bye-bye.
principle in like Taoism. There's this principle in like Taoism where it's like the more you fight something, the more like the opposite of what you want, like just inevitably it kind of starts to happen. There's this principle in like Taoism where it's like the more you fight something, the more like the opposite of what you want, inevitably it kind of starts to happen. Tripping on the bird app, listening to nerds flap, wondering why the fuck my timeline's so cursed. It's like everybody's holding heavy bags in Web3. That's why they can't fly, they just drowning in the bird bath, fishing for some crop powder. Watch how we ignite the tower, blowing up their bank accounts, forgetting how to fight the power. Y'all don't even realize how deep this shit goes. They preach an open sauce, but don't listen to the code, and now it's mutiny community uprise. There's no more humility, futility, plus size. Motherfuckers leaking from the wrench down to the bare metal. Which side the line you bleeding out on when the dust settles? Motherfucking west side shit, needle and noose. Sticking with my armory, yam, beta, and bruise. Repping psychedelic artistry, believing the truth. Like these motherfuckers even need a reason to sue? GM fam. Is it really worth all the fighting? Is it really worth all the drama? And the answer, I think, is a clear no. We started using Zoom, now we finna zoom out Teaching all these plebidites what this game's really all about Little baby bitches when they choose to have fits All you're left with is kibble when you lose all them bits And that kibble's just sawdust, this shit is all rust Not a great look, you're what we call all nuts And I for one did not see that coming Cracking open books, yo, that's a lot of money Meanwhile over here rewiring features More critical thinking, huh? Less knee jerk, more evolution, less shit corn Preachers pretending to be teachers Y'all just predatory leeches I mean please, just look at the track record A bunch of VC rat fucks Sucking up the cheddar, the recipe is two steps Rinse and repeat Now we all in your butts And we bring in receipts GM fam, have a seat If you're listening to this, my, my plea to you it would be like don't have, don't, don't have to take a side on it Just say like, is it really, really worth this war of attrition? It might cost us a lot more than what can be gained by like fighting this to the better end. And sometimes it's better to just like move on. Ten spaces.